0: It is the difference, the intersection of politics and economics. Wall Street and K Street, and most importantly, your street. How the decisions in Washington and New York and elsewhere around the financial world impact you. I'm Dan O'Donnell, alongside Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. This week, Dave, uh, everyone, it seems, is talking about NVIDIA.
1: Yeah, NVIDIA, of course, is the chip maker that is going to be a central player in everything that happens. They're involved with ChatGPT, of course, and of course, the technology of AI is out there as a chip maker. They're right in the middle of this story. And the report, Dan, was just off the charts, up 52% higher than expected. So not only was it up, but it was 52% higher than what the analysts thought. It certainly rallied. They made $2 billion in the quarter alone moving their expectations from 8 to 11 billion dollars. So absolute blowout quarter. The stock has reacted, as you would expect, up 50% in just the last 30 days alone. And of course, you know there is a possibility that it gets overbought in the story. But at the same time, that's how you have a market. We had analysts early this week talking about those who would take some profits and those who would add to the position. So it's an interesting story. But again, you'll remember the gold rush days. It wasn't just the gold miners who made the money. It was those who had the picks and shovels who really made a lot of money as well. Well,
0: yeah, and what's really interesting about this is not just that this is a huge run-up, not just that this is uh, Nvidia hitting a trillion dollars in market cap, uh, Alphabet, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Amazon, and Apple. Meta. Yep. Yeah, I mean these these this is rarefied air. But that's not the only story. I mean, I think the only story, Dave, is uh, the 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 big story to me, in other words, is that. What we're seeing is the beginning of what people, what we have been saying on this podcast for a long time, really since, what, December, even earlier, that we're going to see an entirely new economy built up around AI. And I'm glad you mentioned the gold rush example. NVIDIA really is the pick and shovel company of the AI gold rush. And what I mean by a brand new economy is already I'm seeing articles on CNBC, could this be the next Nvidia could this be the next key to making your fortune in AI so what investors I think are looking at right now is the entire AI sector with a renewed focus because now it's like the gains are tangible right now the results of what
1: AI can do for companies are really being seen early on in the market there is a lot what you just said so AI of course is not just the artificial intelligence but does it make the cloud better and so so are there cloud stocks that will will do better? But think about this: you, know, when you make chips. You need to cool those things. So, you know, are there hydro dams? For example, there was some talk this week about something going near the Chattanooga River. Well, that is because that's where the water is so they can cool these plants. And, of course, if that happens all the way down to are there restaurants that are built near the thing? So there is no no question that we're going to start to see this come down the road. It's just a matter of how long it's going to take, the duration, the magnitude. That's what we don't know. But we do see that there's, there's already starting to see some productivity gains come out of this. Now, when you have that, you're going to have productivity gains. That improves, Dan, quality of life. That improves people's opportunity to change their economic status. That is what we're going to watch. So how does that help? Higher wages means higher standard of livings. That means that people will get displaced, however, because this will take some jobs away. There is no question that this is going to change how people think. But the other part of this and the downside of it, are there going to be regulations? Will the lawyers get involved? What is the oversight? That's something we don't know yet.
0: Well, I think there is obviously going to have to be oversight and regulation. I mean, this is... This is something that a lot of people are fearful of, not just, I mean, we look at it, obviously, from the financial perspective. How many jobs is it going to take? What industries is it going to completely upend? Let's not forget, you've got entire generations of people, Dave, and you and I are in them who grew up on movies like Terminator 2 and The Matrix. I mean, there's going to, you're going to see, and I I don't want to, you know, be accused of, of making light of this, but because of that, because we're so influenced by pop culture, well, I think we would be centuries away from AI being able to conquer humanity, you've got people who've got a very real fear of that, and as a result, I think you could see AI being one of the more over-regulated industries there is. Am
1: I off base on that? No, I don't think so, because you're seeing people like folks at Tesla, you're seeing the folks at Microsoft already talk about maybe starting to pump the brakes just a little bit until we get some parameters around this. So I don't think that's that's an overstatement. If you think to what happened when the internet started, you know, really started going back in the, you know the turn of the century, there was regulation but it was late to the game you know, the horses left the barn long before they got to that. So I think they're going to be in front of it this time. So regulations are coming. There's no question about that. But there is going to be productivity gain. And that's that's really what I want to talk about. Is, yeah. And you think about, Dan, what that could be. So if you can't read and you can't write and, you know, there's schools that are producing kids in certain parts of the economy that can't do that, they are going to be left behind. And that is a concern, of obviously. But the flip side of that is, you know, there's some expectation that GDP could nearly double over the next ten to twenty years. Could you imagine that? If what that would be like in this country? That would be incredible. And that's what they're talking about. So, you know, it
0: would be unprecedented wealth, right? I mean, we we we, we can't even fathom how much wealth would be uh, uh, all but, of a sudden in this country. Right? You you think we have inflation now? Imagine right. imagine if if. Uh, let me let me stop you just real quickly right there. What is the likelihood? I'm not going to say, you know, GDP doubles, but we see by 2040 the AI revolution just completely transforming us to the point where we're at one and a half times what GDP is right now, which I think would be a reasonable
1: uh Estimation, right? Mm-hmm. So, so just if, do the math, and I hate to do live math here, but you'd have to divide your double by fifteen years, and we know we know the rule of seven. So, uh, so that, true. So you'd have to say, what is the GDP run rate, and it's going to be higher than we have right now, and it's been stagnant. If you since the great financial crisis, we really haven't had a whole lot of GDP until. You know, we had the 2020 uh, COVID money go into the economy. Other than that, we were averaging right around 2% and inflation was moving with it. So I think that's very observant of you to say, if we're going to have GDP, you know, take off, what's that going to look like for Inflation, and of course, the Fed—they don't know what they're going to do here in the next 30 days, much less for the next 10 years. So, what does inflation look like, and what does that do to people who are marginalized? And really, and I not to make light of it—if you're not using your frontal lobe, this computer can write, a, a, you know, something yeah. to replace you, and and, and you well, better these you kids are, better, yeah.
0: Even if you are, Dave. I mean, honest to goodness, you know, we—you would think. My job would be – now, obviously, everybody thinks they're irreplaceable,
1: yeah, right? Yeah, but you can talk and you can think, and that's important. Well, right. I can talk and I can think, but but
0: if an artificial intelligence thinks for me, my voice can be uh, digitally synthesized yep. by computer. I mean, uh, one of the little-known stories in entertainment that I think was, was – sort of seen as a novelty, but was a harbinger of things to come. You know, James Earl Jones, right? Mm -hmm. Deep baritone voice. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got one of the most famous recognizable voices of all time. He signed his digital voice rights in perpetuity to the Walt Disney Company about a year or so ago, meaning that long after James Earl Jones passes away, And he's retired. Uh, I think he does occasional Darth Vader things. But long after he passes away, his voice will still be the voice of Darth Vader. This essentially allows Disney to use the character in perpetuity. Star Wars also, a couple of years ago, they digitally recreated a young Mark Hamill to play Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian series, as well as another spinoff. I think it was Boba Fett or something like that. Right now, these receivers. Oh my goodness, what's going to happen when actors are essentially replaced by AI? You just saw, I think, the tip of this revolutionary spear here with James Earl Jones. Now, James Earl Jones is completely irreplaceable as Darth Vader. Right? He he is Darth Vader. Yep. What happened? Someone like me, a local radio host, sure, I can think. But let's say the guy reading the hourly news, that could easily be replaced by AI. Mm -hmm. The guy writing the local news headline, easily replaced by AI. My point is that jobs that you would never think are going to be replaced by AI. In fact, the thinking is BuzzFeed shut down its entire news division the widespread belief is that they're going to reopen and reconstitute that using entirely AI generated articles
1: so there, there's going to be jobs that you know aren't even born yet that are going to come out of this so you know the economy is going to adjust to it I'm more of an optimist that it's not going to put everybody out of work but it's actually going to make it better even if you go to chat GPT now and ask them to write a story some of it's just BS as you know oh, it's 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 unreadable garbage because right. the AI isn't
0: very good. But think about where AI was at this time last year in terms of its writing, in terms of its drawing capabilities. I mean, you see exponential growth based on what we've seen by 2025. I think it's going to be indistinguishable from a human, Dave. But I you know, really what, but,
1: but it's it's already here, right? And I'll give you an example. I have a. College-aged student, and we were talking about how how AI could be used down the road. And she said, "What are you talking about? It's been around in your house." And she pointed to that little Rumba uh, vacuum cleaner that we have, right? Yeah. That, that that learns that it can't bounce into these walls, and it learns its way around. And that's 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 learning technology. So that is there. It's already there. It's already being used. So I, I'm looking for the positive here, and, and if it can, as you just noted increase the productivity and the GDP of this country, there's gonna be jobs that we haven't even thought of today that are going to be beneficiaries of that. And if you think about it in a totally different manner, think about those that it cannot replace. It can't come and be your plumber or your electrician, yeah. or your doctor yeah. for the most part, right? So there's going to be a lot of jobs that are secure if you're a human being. That's the positive. So I, I th- I'm, I'm, really feel better about it than, than most people that I'm talking to that are afraid of, you know, iRobot taking over the world.
0: Well, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. We always thought, look at uh, the Jetsons, right? You had yeah. the robot maid. You had Rosie the robot maid. We always <laughs> thought that AI or or machines were going to take over uh, for plumbers and take over for construction workers and a whole lot of manual labor, it turns out it's just the opposite. It's going to be white-collar jobs. It's going to be right. uh, people who were told over the last decade, learn to code, learn to code, learn to code. Well, if the machine can write you code, just say, hey, write a you know, program for a new video game or something like that. Or, I mean, you obviously have to be far more specific than that. But but it can. If you ask it to write the code for something, it it will do it. If I were to say right now to a specific AI, hey, write a code for a a game of tic-tac-toe that I could play over Facebook, it would be able to do that. And, I mean, that that to me is amazing and revolutionary. And I think ultimately on balance, Dave, you're right. Uh, I'm just sort of cynical by nature. You're right to be optimistic in that you're going to have... We're still going to have, I think, and it's going to become more pronounced, a sort of skills gap in this country that we have right now, but there are going to be so many opportunities. There are going to be, and what AI is going to be able to do, say, for entrepreneurs who, someone like me, for example, I would have no idea how to write a code for, let's say, I wanted to do my own personalized news site. But if I could get an AI to do that for me and to constantly be updating and, and, doing the the grunt work, so to speak, of the maintenance of this news site, well, that frees me up to do a whole lot of content stuff. And on balance, that's a huge net positive for me, even if eventually the robot takes my talk radio
1: gig. <laughs> All right, you know, th- here's the flip side of this. Here we are in the last week of May, early June. And right now, if you look at the gain year to date, it's made up of the 10 stocks that you outlined at the beginning of the show. So there is a possibility that there's an overbought and people have bought it on the expectation without the earnings being there. That is the reason why, folks, you can't be myopic about this. You still need to have have a balanced portfolio. You still need to understand risk. You still need to make sure it fits into your financial plan. And that is what we do on a daily basis.
0: And that's why you need to go to AnnexWealth.com. Again, AnnexWealth.com. Get a wealth metric. It's free. It's a review of your portfolio, help you know what you own, why you own it, and how you can be on the cutting edge of what we believe to be a new industrial Revolution. I am Dan O'Donnell for Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of
1: The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal or investment advice, or recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments include risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on on this podcast.